Okay, hey, hi, hello, and a very warm welcome to the very first podcast of Thirsty Thursday. My name is Melissa, and this is very, very exciting for me. This is something that started off as an anonymous question and answer box on Instagram, and now I'm here with my very, very special guests every week, answering your dilemmas, reading your confessions, and answering all your questions, whether it's about health and fitness, or just life in general, or maybe some of the more weird and wonderful questions that come through. And who better to have as my special guest on my very first podcast than my good pal, someone that you will be um, very used to listening to on MFR. You will have woken up to her for about six and a half years um, on The Breakfast Show and now she is living the life in the bright lights of London and doing very, very exciting things there. So welcome, Grace. Oh, thank you for having me. So I've arrived. Uh, here answer as many questions as possible and extremely thirsty. Oh. <laughs> so. We're both very thirsty. I feel a bit like uh, Alan Carr on Chatty Man opening the big globe and having the selection of drinks but we're both in the mimosas so mm-hmm. the answers could get a little bit more honest <laughs> that's why she was giving us the mimosas it's Ab- like absolutely um so uh, so we've both got a drink in our hand and we're just going to fire on and answer your questions that came to you on instagram last week and uh, see how we go. I'm, I'm ready for it because I can see quite a lot of the questions on sticky notes and I didn't expect them to be as many as there is. So well, there's heaps. The I'll do that, my best. The, some of the questions that come in are insane. I have already vetoed some. That's okay. That's um, fine. On your behalf mm-hmm. and on my behalf as well because sometimes I'm just not going to go there. But we have a good selection of stuff. Weird and wonderful. Um, and we're just going to get fired in. So the very first one that I want to touch on is... Someone asked, how do you girls know each other? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. I vaguely remember, and I don't think you do, because I think I spoke to you about this, that I came to go to a Forest Mechanics match okay. uh, years ago, and um, I'm sure you tweeted me mm-hmm. saying that, to come to the Mosset, and that yep. was my first idea of you. Okay. And then after that, I think it was maybe just through Instagram and just maybe we were doing like, PT in yeah. and I messaged to come to PT. Is, yeah. that, is that right? So I think it was more when um, COVID happened and we started doing the pub quizzes from home. Oh yeah, and of course you were doing all the Cash for Kids stuff. Yeah, and we started doing the fundraising for Cash for Kids and then we had actually phoned up and said, oh, we just want to let you know how much money we'd raised for the charity and then we kind of got chatting that way on social media and then you were asking me about PT and then I met you in person because you wanted to give us a lovely gold disc for oh, all the yes, money. So we came down. Yeah so you and Gra- um, you and Dan came through and presented us with this lovely disc for I think it was £16,000 that we raised. Good on you. And uh, it was a staple to a lot of people's lockdowns. <laughs> every so. week well, it just meant that I got absolutely rollicking drunk. That's in front of, exactly as I say staple. In front <laughs> of about a thousand people every week on on um, on Facebook but yeah so that's how we met and then we started chatting about PT and then you became a PT client yes I did and um, I had a lot of um, gut questions that you mm-hmm. answered and mm-hmm. um, yeah made a complete difference to my life that's for sure oh, that's and then good. a beautiful friendship was born absolutely and now we're good pals and I miss you because you're down in London I know and one thing I did feel like when I did my PT sessions it was a bit like going to the hairdressers like <laughs> I'd be on the rowing machine warming up and you just get a, like a bleh, everything that was going on in my life and yeah. it was like PT physical but also you'd be like mentally helping me out with like everything that was going on with me so like a, great. Little, a little bit of therapy at the same time exactly. 
exactly. Just exactly. without the fizz. That's the thing with radio. I think I've figured out that the majority of the relationships that I have are from either somebody's a listener or somebody's raised money or it's always through work. Mm-hmm. So yes, I think you're bang on with how we know each other. Yeah, so hopefully that answers your question, how we know each other. And we've been absolutely good friends ever since. And I'm grateful to have you in my life. Yeah. Uh, I once came to Melissa's house with a rather risky jumper on for a Christmas party. <laughs> and um, that I'll never forget. So I, I thought everybody was going to have raunchy jumpers on. Mine was just a bit too far. <laughs> well, Way too far. My, my neighbour... Um, Everyone knows my neighbour, Angela, and um, I'm pretty sure that she gave you a good run for your money with the... Oh, yeah, she was up there. We, we understood the assignment. We did, the outrageous <laughs> Christmas jumper story. So we'll leave it there. Okay, so now, the biggest question that came through for you that everyone wants to know, and hopefully you will spill the tea and not hold anything back, okay. is what really happened at MFR? Well, I can answer this question, but you'll probably not get as juicy an answer as you probably wanted. Um, because with every job, I have to be very aware that there are future employers perhaps listening. Of course. Um, or could listen. And that they, I don't want to be seen as somebody that would cause any bother going forward. However... Whistleblower. I, yes, I can't tell you... I can tell you a little bit about what happened. So mm-hmm. um, it's nearly come up to a year, which is quite terrifying. Uh, I didn't really know it was that long. So what happened was we were individually taken into rooms to be told that we were no longer required and that they fancied a shake-up in the station and you'll maybe see this happening quite a lot in the press recently because a lot of Radio 2 presenters have been told the exact same thing to bring in new people from Radio 1 Mm -hmm. the likes of Scott Mills however we were very confused because we were under the impression that we were quite well liked oh you absolutely (laughs) were of course you were I mean one of the other questions that came in is um you know what really happened because um you guys were my favorites on there and now I don't listen Mm -hmm. anymore because you guys have gone I mean I can't answer the question truthfully I can only tell you what I was told and I was told it was just time for something new mm-hmm. um I kind of had to bite my tongue in that meeting and just nod and say it was okay and of course when I went home I was hugely upset about it and then afterwards I started asking questions and been like did we do something wrong and I was like, no 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 it's just time for change it does seem like there's maybe some other people that know a bit of a different story but um mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like I'll be getting any answers from that particular side um, I just had to grin and bear the fact that I was going down from working six days a week to one and I was going to have to find myself something else very quickly. Um, it is a shame because none of us wanted it to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it has shown a lot of true colours from certain people and I don't think the way in which it was handled was done very well because there's been a lot of repercussions from this change that have left us mentally scarred. Yeah. So... Uh, if you want to know what happened is we were told that it was our time to move on okay. and here we are now well it's really unfortunate because we all miss you we used to listen me and the kids used to listen to you on the school run oh, and... don't because it was my life yeah. it was my life and I know how much work you put into it because you would come to PT and say this is what's happening next week and you know you all you would all the listeners would hear would be like that three and a half hour show or that three hour mm-hmm. show but I know for a fact how much work day to day you would put in preparing stuff I mean when Frankie did um the, oh, the drag race correspondence I loved it it's another way that we know you um you're very kindly offered Frankie 
Frankie to be the correspondent for the Drag Race UK and she would come on every, was it Thursday or Friday yep, morning? Yep. After the, the show had been on, And yeah. deliver a wee rundown of what happened the night before, who her favourite um, drag artist was and the dresses and talk about the show. And, you know, it was just such a lovely part of our weekly life. I think I just, I think when I look at myself as a person, I'm very much about taking the resources that I have around me and making it the best that I can be. So, like... You've got this whole area, which um, some people don't know this, but the MFR listing area is the size of Belgium. Wow. Like, why would you not utilise the people that are in it? Mm-hmm. Because you'll find that maybe some radio stations, you don't ever hear them talk about the local area. Mm-hmm. Whereas we've got such a huge, affluent area that's really great for different types of things. You know, if you want an interview with somebody, they're right there on your front doorstep. Go and get the interview. Yeah. yeah it might be without your working time, but you can record it on your phone. And I'm just all about pushing the people around you and making sure that they're glorified mm-hmm. it's really annoying to read like the Inverness Courier or any other paper the P&J and be like what great stories these are we could get them on the radio but obviously I can't because I'm not there anymore mm-hmm. so that's when it came to when I went down to my Saturday show I was like right I only have three hours a week now I'm going to jam-pack this full with as much local content as I possibly can because mm-hmm. it's my my last chance to do so. It, it's hard. Like, I loved MFR, and I think that's what made it so difficult to get over was because my whole life was my work. Mm-hmm. And it is a bit unhealthy now that I look at it. I think maybe I, like going to my next job, I shouldn't make my whole life my job because it was the first thing I thought about when I woke up to the last thing I, I thought about when I went to bed. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the time, I would think more about my work than I would about my partner, and my friends, so like my friends, family, David would take a back seat because my work was more important because mm-hmm. it was just my everything. Like my mum and all my family are in Campbelltown, which is roughly from here in Forest, probably about five and a half, six hours mm-hmm. from Inverness, about five or so. And my closest people to being family are my listeners. Mm-hmm. So I didn't just lose my job, I lost my family and I lost my life so you can quite imagine how mm-hmm. hard it was when it went I just went into a really bad depression for about three four months and then eventually god knows how I just kicked myself in the arse and was like right come on there's something else out there you just need to go find it good so for you I was hard really yeah. hard people are so lovely like all the people asking questions right now what happened but I was out trying to DJ and gig and as much as I really wanted to tell these people the answer it got to the point where I was uh, DJing and Jimmy Badgers and I'd say maybe 20 people asking the same question, which can get a bit tedious. It's yeah. all kindness, uh-huh. all kindness. Everybody's so lovely and they're like, oh, I don't listen anymore or, oh, we're really sad you left. And it, it's nice to hear that, that, that people care. But at the same time, it was literally tearing me apart. Relentless. Every time somebody asked a question, the same question, it would just kick you down further and further. And that's when I took the decision to leave the area sure not because I wanted to because I had to yeah so I you were grieving ah yeah totally yeah I say this and people will be like what but like my brother died and my brother died he was no longer physically in front of me Mm -hmm. and it was a little bit easier to kind of digest that and deal with it because you didn't have him there every day reminding him reminding you that you know he's still there Whereas with MFR it is, mm-hmm. and obviously somebody else is in my position, mm-hmm. and it's like really hard. I would imagine this is how a breakup would be, you know, seeing that person that you were with going off with a new person, mm-hmm. and it's hard to deal with that. Whereas like with my brother, it was just completely finished. Mm-hmm. Whereas MFR it kind of lingered, and everybody would still ask the questions. You know, why did you leave? Did you leave? Did what, was it your decision? Why would you do that to us? And I'm yeah. like, it's not my decision. 
if anything I would have been there forever Mm -hmm. if I could have been like I had no plans to leave whatsoever Mm -hmm. but um, when it comes to radio your time does come whether you like it or not and whether listeners like it or not and quite a lot of the time it's due to money although I'm not entirely sure this is the case for now but it'll all it'll all become evident eventually yeah it'll all come out Mm -hmm. yeah I think um you know what you're saying there about it's you know when you go through a breakup a grieving process someone has gone from your life or you've gone through one of these huge sort of traumatic episodes it's amazing how everything around you seems to just carry on as normal exactly I'm going through this I'm going through this massive loss or I'm going through this massive sort of turbulent point in my in my life and everything is just carrying on as normal and of course because you're so well known in the area I mean I remember being on a night out with you and I have never seen someone get so many shots bought for them <laughs> as Grace I mean do you remember yeah we were in Gunsmiths and they were never ending they were never ending Jaeger bombs and Sambucas and I was like oh my god these people just keep buying you drinks she's like yeah I know they're so lovely but I can't possibly drink anymore oh yeah um, thank gosh you were all there yeah. <laughs> help help and it's lovely people and I don't mean this badly on Inverness in particular but I think the further remote you get the more like important you are in people's lives like I find a lot of the time when I'm up in John O'Groats and kind of the Caithness area Mm. or Thurstow they they are like I didn't think anyone would recognize me like that but I'd not been been in the area for 10-15 minutes and people were taking pictures and it's nuts I was in a pub and I could hear people whispering like Sabres Sabres I was like, no, not me, surely. But because they don't really have anything else apart from BBC Scotland, I think, mm-hmm. or Caithness FM, shout out to the locals, that they were like, very aware of who I was. And Inverness, you don't get that quite as much unless you're out on a Saturday night and right. people have a bit of you know courage about them. But it, you just mean an awful lot to them. Mm-hmm. There's some people that still gather around the radio when it's a snow day to see if you're going to shout out their school. Yeah. Like now I think obviously it's a bit more home learning, right? You're logging on rather than you've got the day off. Mm-hmm. Like, so you, you still are like such a big deal to people's lives. And I don't think I ever really understood how big until things like that happened. But I just wish I was still doing it. And I, I apologise to everybody that this all happened because mm-hmm. nobody wanted it, mm-hmm. especially me and Dan. So, and the worst thing is there's not even another competitor to go to because that was one good thing about MFR is we've got things called radar, which is our numbers. Mm-hmm. And it's a very old school way of doing it. I don't think it's really quite accurate, but you'd get given a diary and you'd fill it out and then we would know what our listening figures were. And we'd always be the Norse number one because we had no competition. We had Radio Scotland, Radio 2, and we beat them. And that was pretty good because everybody goes to their local radio station. But uh, now that there's no competitor, it's a bit like, where do we go now? Mm -hmm. So Dan and I have taken very different uh, routes, shall we say. So that's... It's just the nature of the beast. And I think at the time when I was really mentally unstable... I just could have been doing with a lot more support from the company that had just let me go. You know, I think there was a lot more that could be done there and not just to throw shade at the company, but to throw shade at the industry. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere for you to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if many other jobs have that. It's like if you get let go for no reason, for example, there's a shop closing down right now in Inverness and uh, I can see that the manager's doing everything in their possible being to try and find these people that are getting let go new jobs yeah. by saying if you're looking for new staff, these staff are brilliant and probably being a bit more of a shoulder to cry on, being there to consolidate them. Nobody was there for us. Mm-hmm. It was bye, see you later. Uh, I got held on for a bit longer doing Saturdays and there was one day, which I'll not get into, that I decided, you know what, no, I'm, I'm done. 
this is just getting to be a bit like school and I'm not enjoying it and I just bowed out and the last show was done not to my liking but it was done and I just bowed out gracefully as I could it. yep it's almost like you want to go out on a high as well don't you it's like when take that's what up they were at the absolute top of their game and that's what you want people to remember you for as well you yeah. don't want to seem bitter you don't want to seem like you're not firing off all cylinders and not giving your best if your heart's not in it anymore so when you know the time is right go on a high exactly we and that's what you did we're told when our last show would be and unfortunately i was going holiday and i was a bit gutted about that because it had been planned for a while it was eurovision and i was very much going to that and it was my mom's birthday and i was like i'm not going to be here for it but um, long story short, I don't think that they expected the reaction that they got when the news came out, and it was all from as the it, public. Yeah, from right. the public, and it was it was all as I say, very messy. And we never had a final show, so mm. we would have liked to have had a final show. Oh my god, can you imagine? You could have got next <laughs> guessing, and like it would have been it could have been like a big party. I suppose I have to put myself into the seat of a boss and think, right, this is bad how do we deal with this? Like, everybody's raging. And I suppose they would just not want a big crescendo of, right, that's it done. Like, and then everybody knows when to switch off. So I suppose the way that they thought about it was, we just stop it now. Mm. And then nobody really knows what's happening and we still have them listening on to, I don't know, figure out if you guys are going to come back or not. But I think the big crescendo of it finishing was something that they would maybe have wanted to avoid right. in terms of listening. That I, I'm just thinking that as if I was them, like what's the best thing for the business? Mm-hmm. And as, as annoying as it is, that probably was the best thing for the business. But in terms of the listeners, they would have loved like to hear highlights over the past six years. It would and, have been nice. And yeah. to get in past, you know, past presenters and to, to really show exactly what it what it was that you guys yeah. did every every single morning. I know. And I mean, we're trying to do the podcast. That was kind of my like how do we still see each other thing because for you and Dan. yeah as much as we want to like, can do it for the listener and pretty much give you the show that we want to give you but on podcast form it was also there because Dan lives in Fort Augustus and I don't go there often <laughs> is that the arse end of nowhere yeah well I can pass through <laughs> it if I go to Campbelltown but that's not often so it was just a, an excuse to give the listeners a wee dose of Dan and Grace and also for us to see each other and um, I do apologise to anyone that has ever listened to that podcast. It has stopped and that is to do with me, but I'll explain why in this podcast. Yeah, perfect. Well, this leads us nicely on to someone that wrote in and said, I heard your voice on Channel 4 and I thought I was going mad. <laughs> so this leads us nicely on to what Yay! the fudge are you doing now, Grace? Well, um, when I decided to get my arson gear... I applied for every job going, every job going to man. Um, I think I applied for eight jobs at the BBC. I applied for three jobs uh, in England. I applied for one on the telly. Um, somebody approached me to do an online internet station, which I do, and then it became FM and became national. So that's called Fix Radio, and it's for the builders. Shout out to any builders out there. How can they access that? Give a little, oh, that's on a, a little plug. So that's on app. So you can download Fix Radio on the app. You can listen on DAB, and you can can listen on the website fixradio.co.uk and it was just a bit more like a, I don't know anything about the trade but I want to have a bit of a challenge so I did that and thought well it's fine I'll continue to do fix radio it gives me my wee dose I'll get paid for it and I'll 
continue to DJ on the side. I've applied for 20 jobs and obviously nobody wants me. They were all coming in thick and fast, decline, decline, and I was already not feeling great. So that made me feel worse. Mm -hmm. And I applied to a few Scotland stations and I never heard back and I was gutted and I thought, surely those are the ones that would want me. And um, I even went and visited one and I thought, surely, like, it's... It's going to happen now. Especially off of the back of yeah. the MFR success and yeah. being so well known here. I just thought, please. But, you know, there might have been a lot of other things in which they didn't get back to me for that reason. But it got to the point where I had a little thing in my phone and it had all the jobs and lines through it. And um, it came to the final one. That's um, brutal. That's quite confronting mm-hmm. when yeah. you see all that listed yeah. and then... And in amongst that was also trying to get a job at Indigo Sun, which I never got, because <laughs> I can't do Saturdays and I'm not 30. <laughs> that, I was in that interview. I'm sorry, Indigo Sun, I will continue to use you. Very much a great sunbed salon. I was desperate, because that's what I did before radio. Right. I worked in the sunbeds and I loved it. I found it a, fa- a fascinating job, got to meet loads of people, and I thought, like, what else am I good at? So I applied for Indigo Sun, and um, the job interview was, what age are you, um, can you do weekends, a couple other questions, and then that was it, and I never got the job. So and I, I was like, I'm so experienced. You're 30, right? Uh, 31. And you thought that was too old? Well, I'm about to be 43. I'm fucked. Oh, you, can not, you can't stand a chance of fucking Indigo Sun. everyone a job at Indigo Sun. I was gutted, but in, in a way, do you know what? I was thinking back to my younger self, and there's a young lassie out there that's probably got that job that's going to get the, a great kind of time out of it that I did. Maybe it really wasn't my time. The same um, buzz that you got. I got offered a job at Hayes Travel, and that was great. But at that time, the fixed radio thing came in, and I slowly declined the, the Hayes Travel one. But I was ready to go back to what I would call a normal job. Yeah, <laughs> so like nine to five, switch mm. off when you get home. Yeah, I was like, but I just don't think I could have dealt with uh, people coming in to ask about like holidays and going, "Hold on, I know you. <gasps> what happened?" I didn't think I could do that so I declined to lovely Nadia and said that you know something else came up and I cracked on with fixed radio and then I only had one left which was the channel 4 continuity job which came up on LinkedIn and I had never heard of it and I'd never thought I'd get it and without going too into it after three or four interviews and a trip to London I got it and it was the most bizarre thing ever because I didn't think I was gonna get it and I didn't prepare myself for getting it and then I thought, fuck. And then boom. I'm going to have to move to London. Because <laughs> I, I was going to say no. Like, I, I, if she offered me it, I was going to say no. But she was never going to offer me it, though. So why even think about saying yes or no? So it's just one of these jobs that you say, oh, I'll just go for that, I'll go uh, for that, I'll go for that. Ah, then... uh, yeah. I'd had my uh, confidence knocked quite a bit at um, MFR. And I didn't think I was really that good enough. Which is why I never told anybody I was on Channel 4. Because mm-hmm. I thought, I'm going to fail. It's going to be shit. I'm not going to last very long or I, I'm just going to be not very good. They don't even put me on the telly. I like, hear that. I mean, when I, you know, I've said this before, but when I first started training to be a PT, I was like, I'm going to be shit at this. I'm not going to be able mm. to remember all the muscle insertion points and I'm not going to pass my exam. I'm not going to tell anyone because the I'm going to have egg on my face when, if I've made go, this uh-huh, see, told you she couldn't do yeah, it kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, so That's exactly it. I totally get that. I mean, it's a big job like that. Channel 4, well-known. You don't want to... You know, you don't want to embarrass yourself if you don't mm. get the job. So I totally understand that. There was also like a part of me that was like, you didn't like people rubbing it in your face when you were 
going through your really tough time there's maybe some people going through tough times that you don't really want to rub it in their faces now right so I did a bit of a soft launch <laughs> so, I was going to say because I didn't know anything about it and then yeah. you, you wrote something one day I was like Grace what the fuck is going on it was my flatmate he was like you should be putting that everywhere and I was like no because what if I'm terrible or what if I go home next week because you know I'm missing home already mm. and slowly but surely a little post here a little post there, frightening you whilst watching the telly there, which I quite like because it would always, you'd go and do your announcement live and then you'd have six messages being like, did you just say that? Was that just you? And I didn't realise I had such a um, noticeable voice. Yes, you do. <laughs> so it's been quite nice that way and I'm not quite rubbing it in folks' faces and it seems to be going all right. Mm. Like Channel 4 have been so nice. Like I, I just can't understand like why they're being so nice. Like They're so accommodating. Like, they just give you everything that you need and if you have any questions that there's always no matter what time of the day it is somebody there answer your questions I've had so many different people help me mm-hmm. like you always get assigned like a buddy or there's somebody there training you we're all like a, like best pals so but you, the only reason that you don't understand why they're so nice is because you've not been shown that kindness yeah previously. it's maybe been a while but yeah, yeah. It's, all a sur- it's like a surprise because you're not used to being treated like I was like who's, who's a dick here right which yeah. one I use is an arsehole <laughs> somebody's got to be an arsehole there's let it be you there's always one so it's been really good I mean I've learned so much I'm not a writer never have been very oh my mum will tell you I am horrendous at spelling punctuation and grammar because when you're on the radio you don't tend to write things down no but on channel four your scripts are legal documents right so they've got to be punctuated correctly they've got to be spelled correctly so you write the scripts or you've delivered the scripts write them and deliver them you write and deliver them Uh, write deliver record upload put wow. the mic up you name it that's it's all done all you. yeah and there's about I'd say maybe 12 or 13 of us in total as announcers in Channel 4 wow. some are freelance some are staff it's all a mixture and so many different voices which is mm-hmm. nice to hear it's not yeah. just your bog standard standard English voice that you do normally hear quite a bit no it's diverse right, which is why I was like who the hell are you taking me on folk wouldn't know what I'm saying <laughs> but it's been great it really has been there's no subtitles on channel 4 when the announcements come nah. uh, the phrase <laughs> nah. is channel 4 altogether different that's their phrase right. and it's like so it doesn't matter who you are I got a present at Christmas from channel 4 and it's like a certificate on being weird because that's what it's all about everybody in there is like weird and wonderful mm-hmm. and that's all about celebrating your big beautiful self yeah and, uh, big weird beautiful self but uh, it has been an eye-opener that you know you know, I'm not actually that bad and no you're not I love you <laughs> you know you you can get a job in channel four if you want to like anyone listening like it just takes for you to apply and give it a bash doesn't stop you and then take that chance right exactly that's you, what you got to it's you don't terrifying know you it has been good. I mean, I miss David, but he's been very good at the supporting me with it. So the next question was, how do you cope with being away from David? <laughs> and and are the meetups extra hot? Uh, I absolutely love my peace and quiet now that I'm not <laughs> joking. Um, don't get me wrong. I think there was maybe a point during the MFR divorce where I was really not a very pleasant person to be with because... You know, David was telling me to get up out of my bed and crack on with the day and, you know, don't worry. 
And I'm like, I have, I'd be quite mean. I'm like, how the fuck do you think I can't worry? Like, my mm. whole world is crumbling around me and I am mentally unstable. No, I'm not good, David. Piss off mm. with your empire of gelato. And you're fine. <laughs> uh, do you need to explain what David does for a living? So David makes ice cream um, for me as gelateria and it can be possible to be sick and tired of gelato after a wee while. <laughs> um, but no, he's got his own business and he was kind of having to crack on with it because I wasn't making money at one point. Mm-hmm. You know, like MFR did give me a, a month's pay and told me, to take it like holiday uh, you know free holiday money and I was like well at least I've got that so that kept just going for a while but David did have to crack on but he has been phenomenal when the interview finished and I told him how it went he was like you're gonna get that job you're gonna get that job and I said no nah, I'm not and then I came down and he looked at me and he went you got that job didn't you and he was like right we're gonna go you're gonna do it we're gonna be fine whether it's three weeks three months three years you're gonna be fine and he was I needed that yeah. I really did he was your cheerleader and you deep down inside he was gutted yeah. he was so gutted because we had our house we bought it things were looking good like I say I was planning on being out with her forever mm. it like I'm, I think marriage and kids was maybe on the horizon it's maybe a bit further away now but it's definitely still a thing but he has been great we phone each other as much as we can we're constantly texting I come up as much as I possibly can. What with the winter months behind us now, that'll be a bit more frequent. Yeah. Whereas with the snow and everything, I came up and I got stuck. And that wasn't great for Channel 4 because they need me there. Um, and David does come down and he brings his work with him and might work during the day whilst I'm working. We've got the nights together. But um, much to David's dismay, um, not quite as hot as they could be. <laughs> I do have flatmates now. So, you know, when he comes to see me, they're not quite as hot as he'd maybe want them to be. But when we're in Inverness, they are. Things like, tonight, you oh, don't phone me past <laughs> 7, because I'll be busy. Oh, does it all happen at 7pm? Oh, yeah, because it's cause eventually get too late to eat your dinner. I don't oh, want to have sex at time once a bit. Yeah, that's it. Or in the morning, yeah. Got don't phone me in the morning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, do, I couldn't do it without him. I really couldn't because yeah. we're trying to keep the house. So that's what I pay for the flat down there and half the house. Mm-hmm. We've got a mortgage. He doesn't want to give up his house in his life. He, mm-hmm. was, he worked really hard for that. And here I am leaving him up the shutter. Mm-hmm. So we've came, we've got a mutual agreement and we're doing our very best to pay for both lives. It doesn't leave much for socials, but that's just the price you have to pay for the moment. That's how it has to be just mm-hmm. now, and that's the compromise. But do you know what? Sometimes something like this can really show you if someone's for you or not. And the fact that he's like absolutely supporting you and being your cheerleader yeah. and being that person that you need him to be right now and stepping up and mm-hmm. supporting you like that. Uh, he doesn't have to. And I know that he's proper lonely. So uh, if anyone sees misses, him, he, yeah, he misses, <laughs> give him a hug. He misses you. I don't think, I'll be honest with you, I don't think... I'll be in London forever. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'll be there for a very long time. There might be some compromise I can make to be able to do some from home and some from London. We'll, we'll see. I don't think I'm at that point where I can ask that. Mm-hmm. But you never know. But I do enjoy my work in London. I really enjoy Channel 4. And I really enjoy living with David. So we'll never know. Maybe David might enjoy London. Because your man wants to eat the whole of London. He's got all the different restaurants pinned on his phone. Right. It might come to the point where Miel's is fine on its own. It could be left. And could you not bring Miel's to London? Oh, this is the thing. This is how special Miel's bring is. Bring the right? Iron Brew. Um, what's your speciality? Is it not an Iron Brew? There's an Iron Brew sorbet. There's there you a go. Haggis, Neeps and Tatties. But Get that down the road. London has so many gelarias. Yeah. Which if David brought his down there, nobody would care as much as what they do when it's up here. Because yeah. up here it's different. There's not many. It's a luxury and everybody goes to it, so they're mm-hmm. making brilliant money. Mm-hmm. Um, down there, they wouldn't make a, a dime, honest to God. It's, there's so many. And then uh, what I've noticed is there's been one shop around the corner from me, and it's been six 
maybe five, six different things, and I've been there for, what, four or five months. And it's still the same? It is, well, no, it's just different shops. Oh, it's a different it, reincarnations yeah, They can't survive. Right. It's like once it was a nail bar, the other time it was a hairdresser's, then it became a vegan food shop, and now it's gone into some sort of uh, academy for learning how to do hair. So it's always changing. Mm. Uh, it just can't survive these places because there's too many of them in London. Yeah, so. and the rates are absolutely extortionate. Well, a room in central London to live in it is a grand and a half, so I'll just put that to your imagination on how much a shop must be. There's not much left over after that. Nope, and the air quality shit, can I just point that out, (laughs) came up, came off the plane last night and I was like, oh, it's fresh air, drink it in. Water, also wouldn't touch the water in London with the No, I used to live in London for a short time and I really noticed when I came back up the road how much nicer the water tasted. Sitting there at the tablet, like, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, and we say it to the kids as well, like um, like we'll get them to drink water out the tap, but do you realise how lucky you are Mm -hmm. you can just open the tap and get that amazing tasting water? These first world things you don't realise. No, you don't. Because in London, it's um, yeah, it doesn't taste the same at all. So yeah, you're right there. Yeah, it is, it, London's got its good perks, but it's also got its low perks. But we'll see what the future holds. I'm not going to try and guess what's going to happen in a year. I'll just see what tomorrow brings. Basically, that's it. That's it. Okay, that brings me on to my next question, Grace. What does your average day look like? What's a day in the life of Grace in London? Um, so most of the time, any television channel for Channel Four, um. Well, you've got likes of More 4, 4, 7, E4, E4 Extra. Not the plus ones, because that's just a mimic of these ones. And everything apart from Channel 4, 6pm till noon is pre-recorded. So my usual day will be up at 7, head off to work by 8. I get off at a tube station and have a wee walk down by Big Ben to work, because Channel 4 is in Westminster. How glorious to say that I walk past Big Ben every day to work. Uh, it's quite nice, yeah. but if the tourists could just walk quicker... <laughs> It would be great. Do you get the rage when you're going behind them? I don't know how many folks' photos I'm in. Like, I'm just, at one point I thought I was going to get asked to take the photo. I just kept my head down. It could be like, like where's Wally but where's Grace? And just get up an Instagram page to see where we can find I've you. I've not bumped into anyone from Inverness apart from one time. And that was outside Big Ben. And it was um, one no. of my brownies' dads. I was like, hi, how you doing? Oh, because oh, you used to help at the brownies, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, that, that's another thing I felt bad about is I had to step away from brownies. But yes, get to work for nine. Mm-hmm. Um, then nine o'clock right through till three o'clock I'm writing scripts and it can take that long if I'm doing an E4 shift that'll be for the next day or channel four daytime which is 6am to 6pm that's 48 hours in advance so you're always working towards another day and then you have a read through which is the most terrifying part of the whole job forget about doing it live that's the most terrifying part read it through with the people make sure your scripts are fine there might be some the people You've got um, somebody that is like head of marketing. You've got maybe another another announcer. My boss, which is Rich, he's the soundest guy I've ever met. And they just make sure it's okay or, you know, maybe you could, you know, plug something else out of a different show that they've forgotten about. Because, you know, it's also for them. And then once you've had your read through, you go and record them and then you upload them to a system and Bob's your uncle, they play out. And then uh, that'll be maybe about 6.30, I finish work and then I hot foot it to the gym in Camden which um, is not the best gym, 55 quid a month. Wow. Uh, yeah, and you're lucky to get on anything. Um, so I'm going to do an hour session in the gym. That's good that you're still keeping it up, though. Yeah, I and I get my 10,000 steps in, so there that's still very much happening. Just that's get off at a tube station that's before my actual tube station and get the walk-in. So I'm good always hitting my steps. And then um, once the gym's finished, I then have fixed radio to go and do. So I kind of build my own little studio in the flat, 
and I've got like my, my phone and my, my microphone and I'll pre-record the following day's fixed radio show. By the time that's finished, um, it's nine o'clock and I'll have my dinner, in bed for about 10.30, do it all again the next day. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Go, go, go. Exactly. If you're doing a live shift, you don't need to be in a broadcast centre, which is a bit further away, uh, till one o'clock and then you spend one o'clock till four going through your scripts that you've done the previous day and then you have your read through and then you're live from six and that's through till 12 midnight. I was going to say, how do you feel about the pressure of going live? I mean, that's what that's all you did on the radio. Thrive on it. Yeah, you love Thought it. I was going to hate it. You do feel your heartbeat in your throat. Mm-hmm. And you, honest to God, it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you hit mic live, it just goes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why. Um, the only annoying thing is you've got a lot of voices in your head. You've got the countdown from your uh, director next door. You've also got the countdown of how long the advert's got or the trail or whatever. So you can hear it going five, four, three, two, one. You can hear him telling you stuff or she, whoever it may be. And you've also got a one second delay. So you can hear yourself back. Oh, God. Back a second later. So That's some, like having multiple personalities. Sometimes you. you just have to zone out. People don't wear headphones at points. Some people turn it down. Some people have one ear on, one off. That's what I do. And you, you get used to it. Mm. But the, those are the shifts in which I thrive off of, is just being live. If you make a mistake, you make a mistake. I was going to say, like, what would happen if you like got a word wrong or you said the wrong oh, thing I've or you done, swore? Yeah, I've, done a, I've done a word wrong. I've made, it's, sometimes it just comes out funny. It's not maybe the wrong word, but the way I say it, um, I just blame the accent. And I'm like, I said it right. It's just because I'm Invernesian now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just comes out. But if you do make an absolute balls up, then... Don't worry. Like, yeah. like I, I'm actually surprised at how little people notice the mistakes. Mm-hmm. Because the one thing we are told is that if we can get like people, viewers, from one show to the other without realising that we're actually there, then we've done a good job. Sure. But you kind of do want people to know that you're there. So you have to write really witty scripts with like jokes and stuff. But I, it's just a learning curve. There's so much more I need to do. I am, I listen back to myself and I'm like, nah, I could be a bit more confident there. I just think it's because we get the listening and viewing statistics back from, I think it's on a Monday of the week, and you realise how many millions of people are watching you. I was like, I think it was maybe um, Married at First Sight, I looked at when I did an E4 shift, had um, the Doghouse and the National Comedy Awards was recently, so you can look at how many people are live tuning in, and it is in the millions and it's horrendously terrifying. Yeah. Because you're like, oh my God, there's people actually, there's actually people watching me, like, what the fuck? I think that would make me, like, so extra nervous that I would just start saying expletives and I'll just start looking, messing up. Now. I'm like, good luck with your, your numbers. I don't know what they are. This yeah, week. I don't it. need to know. No. But it's good. You, you get a lot of people slagging off the continuity announcers because during COVID, bless them, I don't know how they managed it, they did it all from home. Wow. So, like, a lot of it would have to be done from home in cupboards with kids running around, like, I'm sure everybody remembers. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, shut up, otherwise you're going to go live in the telly. Like, Dogs barking. Exactly. I think they doorbells kind of going. made it kind of so that people knew that that was the case, but... It must have been horrendously hard. I mean, I've got it easy now because yeah. it's kind of eased off now. So I do commend them having done it through COVID. But an eye-opener, not mm-hmm. as easy as I had thought it would be. So right. I'm just talking on the telly. There's so much more to it. And I commend anyone that's been in that job more than 20 years because there's a lot of them that have been. Sure. 
What's the intro that you're most proud of? The most, the best seamless link or the, oh, the funniest one? What's... There was one I wrote and I was very excited about it and it got declined. <gasps> and that was, um, it, it was about um, Food Unwrapped as a programme that they have on and it was looking at different foods and the melons. And I went to write, uh, if you've got melons, make melonade and it's from Still Game. <laughs> and I thought, they'll never know that because they're all English, right? So I wrote, I read it out in um, a script that I'd wrote and somebody went, is that not from Still Game? And I was like, fuck. Damn it. Which is a BBC programme. Of course. And I kinda really get away with it. And I was like, oh never mind. And I was so I put it on Instagram. And I was like, who thinks Melanie's gonna make it? And it never and it never got through. Nah, it, they really like me putting in a good couple of Scottish phrases. So like nay bad or can yourself. Okay. Like, and I was like, but nobody'll know that. And they're like, no, but someone will. And it doesn't matter how many people catch on to what you're saying, somebody out there will connect with it. So they really like to emphasize the Scottish things. Yeah. So it's, but it's the whole thing of diversity, though, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. there is such a diverse um, population. So mm-hmm. if one person can identify and feel a little bit at home because they've heard your voice, then that's amazing. And every channel that you pre-record, the first announcement of the day has to be like, oh, hello and welcome along. It's a Sunday morning here on Moor 4 or something like that. And on E4, I did, I, I felt like... No way! Uh, and I was like, 6 a.m. I don't think anyone's going to really, you know, notice too much. And somebody texts me, but like, I'm up early for like, I'm a really... I've had a really late shift and I'm going to bed and you said I I fit like and I was like no that's so brilliant so I think E4 is the only one I could really get away with that because it's like youth is today younger but it's like more for is a bit more of the older generation I and they got that. away with it on channel 4 you never know you never know see if uh, you can get orc buzz put in that's a orc, forest frame orc buzz what's orky, it mean orky buzz like okay see if you can get that in okay <laughs> Meanwhile, this has to be read over with people, but I'll give it a bash. You give it a bash. But I'll, I'll just be like, remember what you said, if it doesn't connect, if it you know, connects with one person, that's all that matters. That's it. Yeah. That's it. it makes them, uh, one person feel a little bit more at home. They do like that I'm Scottish because I'm the only one. There's a girl called really? Kelsey that comes in every now and again. Uh-huh. And she's away off travelling. Um, she is from Inverness, funnily enough. No but way. She's been in London for, I think, over 10 years or so. But um, I said to her, I was like do you want me to hang about with you a bit longer? Because then you might get your accent back and I'm totally gave her pelters. But she's not affected, is she? I just got it. There's something there. Okay. But when I'm in the office and people look at me funny and think, what the fuck did she just say? I'm just like, I'm a very special person, so I am. <laughs> but no, I really enjoy the diversity of Channel 4. It's, it's a good and healthy place to be. Good. Well, they're very lucky to have you, Grace. Thank you. Okay, this takes us on to, someone said, my daughter is really into performing arts and wants to get into TV and radio. Hmm. Do you have any tips? Um, interesting you say performing arts, because that's how I started off, was I was doing amateur dramatics as a young pup, and I went to theatre school, and I was going to be an actress, and that was, that was the plan. And then I auditioned for the RSMD, and they said, no, go, go get life experience. And I said, what could you possibly mean? I'm 17. I've, I've had a lot of life experience. I know um, my shit. Yeah, uh, as I have experienced life, that they were very much on point. So, I mean, you could go away and do a lot of acting stuff and build up a portfolio because mm. that's quite good because you could be presenting to screen. But what I'd say is um, forget uni, forget college. Oh, really? Don't waste your time. Did you go? Yeah, I went to university. Mm. And I mean, if you want to, I'd uh, highly recommend UWS for their broadcast production. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's Glasgow Cali has like a media one but you're really going there just to get yourself a diploma and the fact that you've done a degree and write it on your cv but i don't really think very many people in the industry are checking so i mean you could just say you have one but i think what's more important is getting your experience yeah going to that's with anything yeah go to a a local station unfortunately i wouldn't say there may be as very many of them to go to but like 
I wouldn't I wouldn't ever say to anyone not to go to MFR right now. If you want to go get experience at MFR, please do it because mm. it's the only thing you've got, really, mm-hmm. to be honest. Community stations are also a really good way to start. That's how I started, Argyle FM in Campbelltown. If I was to show you Argyle FM right now, you'd be like, oh, wow, it's not the best well-kept place. It has very little listeners and it's falling apart. But that's my, that's my old stomping ground. That's where I started. And I was shy. I was terrible. Awful. You're allowed to be, though. Well, that's it. And that's where you go and you start. Community radio, I would highly encourage you to do that. Uh, if you can, get your foot in the door at a, a local station. Remember Inverness. I know that you know everything seems to come from Inverness and there are other places. Inverness does have BBC Scotland. Right. And you don't have to have Gaelic as a language to know what you're doing. My friend Amanda works at BBC Radio Scotland in the Gale and doesn't speak a word of Gaelic. So, I mean, we could get work experience there. It just takes you a minute to message them, send a letter, turn up at the door. Um, when I worked at uh, West FM, which was near my university in Ayr, I sent 25 demos in boxes. So they would eventually say, could you stop sending us 25 demos in boxes? But it's a way in. Yeah. <laughs> so I really pestered them. And you might think you're being a bit of a nuisance, but you're not. Um, also, Glasgow has a lot of options. I mean, you've got the likes of Global, Communicorp, a lot of BBC stuff going there. Depending on what age you are, there's also BBC The Social, mm-hmm. which I'm part of. You can become a contributor and you get paid. Yeah, because you do, yeah. um, not reels, but like little yeah, they're pretty vlogs much, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, little videos, you pitch them an idea, they say yes or no, you go make it, they help you edit it. And from that, you've got a great wee portfolio. And if you're looking to do like TV presenting, that's phenomenal. I don't really have a portfolio. I've only got the videos because I've always done radio. And we had a lot of videos, but unfortunately, all of our content went when Bauer decided to delete our Facebook page. So we lost no. a lot of it. So what I'd say is always archive your own stuff. Keep it in a folder. So you mean you don't have any like the live stuff that you did? Like None the stuff that went to the Aviemore Raceway? I mean, I've got that because I maybe put it on my Instagram, oh, but I don't have it physically, and there's a lot of stuff I missed. So yeah, always archive it to your own computer. But um, this leads me back to something that I've heard Davina McCall say lately. Um, she was saying I, I wanted to be a TV presenter, but I didn't have anything to do. So she just got herself a camera and made up the stuff. Made up news. Yeah, she she just interview people, interview your mum, interview your dad interview your cousins, interview people in the street. A lot of people do these things where they, you can do it on TikTok now. Buy a little microphone, you go out and do Vox Pop. So you just go up to people in the street and interview them. These are your these are your reels. This is your like what you present to people who you want to be right. presented for. A lot of it is just by chance. People mm-hmm. find you. Sending demos and making up your own radio stations at your home with a microphone that you can buy. Doing things like that. Um, but it really is just being in the right place at the right time at points. That's that's the hard thing about it. Getting an inroad, isn't it? It's just that that first yeah. lucky break sometimes can just be the the deal breaker. The BBC Commission stuff. So if you look to find your right genre, you can find who's commissioning what, and they pay you to go make programs. But you just have to have a good pitch, mm-hmm. and it's the same for um, radio as well. If you have a radio program, you know you pitch it to them, you tell they go make it like. So if you approach the right person and stay relevant, that's also good. I'm trying to think of any other way that you could do it. By doing podcasts is a great way to put yourself out there because mm-hmm. everybody's like really into the podcasting right now. It's just practice and send it out there. You might hear nothing back, in which case don't feel like you're alone. It happens to the best of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, BBC have all their jobs online so you can apply. Running jobs is where you start off in the telly industry. I've done that. I've done it at Cali Stadium and I did that two years ago. 
maybe not even, maybe a year and a half. So don't feel like just a runner's job isn't good enough. Take what you can get. And runner's just basically being a mm. dog's body for a mm-hmm. production team and for... Like, well, we exactly. did it for the football, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, and make friends with everybody. Keep your contact book as big as you possibly can because eventually they'll be like, oh, Grace, Grace will tell somebody else about you. But yeah, I would recommend the social and just building your own portfolio up as soon as you can and then just getting it set out. Perfect. That is some absolutely brilliant advice. What are sorry you... for Ryan. He's going to have to edit an awful lot. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Ryan. We're sitting at... 46 minutes and we've not even got into most of the other questions so we'll see how we get on um okay best and worst stories from your media work um the best has been just we were kind of touched on it it's been out having a regular day and somebody telling me that they really enjoy the show or it's touched them or it's helped them there was one point where I talked about the uh, passing of my brother or bulimia because uh, I suffered with bulimia and still kind of do, but not as bad. You were very brave to come out with all that in your podcast. And oh, thanks. You I were. Just, I felt like a bit of a, like a, oh, look at me, but I did want to talk about it. But people that come up and say, like, what you've done helped me. Mm-hmm. And because sometimes you think, oh, it has helped someone until you actually meet them. There's also the funny things, like I was in Morrison's and one wheeled wifey followed me for a good 45 minutes. I was in doing the big shop and I was chatting to people and she was watching me. And then it just turned out she was really nervous to come and ask me where I'd got my air fryer from because <laughs> she really wanted one. And I was like, um, oh, hold on a minute, we'll, I'll show you. And it was, you know, it's just little things like that. Yeah. And you become part of people's lives and that was, I think, the most important thing. I miss my family so much. And all the listeners became my aunties, my uncles, my brothers, my sisters. Mm. So the point where they could feel comfortable coming up to me in the street, having never met me, but have a conversation with me. Yeah. And all the friends that I've made from it. The worst is there was an incident when I first started the show with Gino, where I was in the ironworks. And you get this quite often, but it's kind of settled. It's, there's going to be people that don't like you. Right. Anywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm very aware that my voice was not the most aesthetically pleasing to the ear uh, when I first started who is she she has an annoying Twitter full of it honestly hated it well like trolled for it really badly that's awful I'll not name him and I doubt he's um, still remembering it but there was a troll and I seen him at was it Belladrum or uh, Groove Festival and I just went here you you wrote a really mean tweet about me he's with his girlfriend I think and he's like no I didn't no I didn't I says ah you did and I got it up and I says that's you yeah and he apologised. And we're friends now. We're friends now. It's all good. Okay. But he, he was a big troll of mine. And I was like, there's no need for that. But at the ironwork, some girl came up and asked for a photograph. And quite a lot of people had been doing that, which I found very bizarre. It was my first ever time out. And I didn't realise people knew me. And I was getting a bit tired of it. It'd been on, going on for ages. I think there was maybe a bus through for Elgin. And they were like, let's all get one. <laughs> they love you in Elgin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, I, love, I love Elgin. They're really nice. And then this random girl, a bit pished, came up and asked for a picture and I said listen babe the, the, the whoever it was I was there to see I think maybe Paul Van Dyke I was like he's on the stage like can mm. I go and do you mind if I just go get it and she's like I just want a picture and I was like I says okay one picture went away and she kept grabbing me I don't like that one I don't like that one and I said well you've got your photo and I really want to see the person I paid to be here for mm. I says get one later yeah and I was trying to be as nice as possible my friend Lucy was with me and she kind of was feeling a cold shoulder because I'd spent so much time with all these other people getting right. pictures, but not my friend. And I'd only just met her, so I was hoping to clutch onto her for as long as I possibly could to be my pal. Um, and then we were dancing, and the girl was like, had her arm around me and took a selfie. And I was like, oh, that looks good. And she's like, nah. 
no, you're a cow. And then starts calling me all these names. She's drunk. And then I felt it. I just felt this cold rush down my back. And I was like, she's, does she smell you? Well, I said to Lucy, I says, whatever it is, just as long as it's lemonade, it's fine. I had a white top on. Mm. And it wasn't. It was like a whole vodka, coke and a pint. And it was all down my back and all down my shorts, all over me. And I, Lucy went mental. And yeah, this girl poured her drink right down my back. That's horrendous. I've been spat at before on the street. Um, mm. So that wasn't fun because this person's like, I want to win the fucking cash register. And I'm like, it's mm. nothing to do with me. And then spat at me. But I wasn't ever going to get covered in spit. But still, they tried. And I didn't like that. So that's probably so one of the worst the outcome stories. It's the intention, isn't it? Like, yeah. you've actually gone out of your way to do that, regardless of whether it hit you or, mm-hmm. or the volume of it. It's... And like, I'd, I'd literally just do a breakfast show on a local radio station, get a grip. Right. Like, calm down. I'm not in charge of the cash register. I never have. Never will be. You know? Yeah. Go away. Yeah. But they think they're so smart. And yeah, those are the, the repercussions. Like, people don't like you and they make sure that, they, you know, there was one time um, somebody tried to get me on Instagram and I wouldn't answer to the point where they said they were outside my house with a knife and they knew exactly where I lived. And me and David were like, Right, they're obviously winding us up, and it went on, and they were phoning me on Instagram because you can do that. Like, you could, they were phoning me on Facebook Messenger, and they were shouting things down the phone. That and, is intense. Yeah. So we phoned the police on that occasion. Yeah, uh, good. Police were like, "There's nothing we can that can be done unless they harass you for 48 hours." And I was like, "But I might be dead on 48 hours." Mm-hmm. In the back of our minds, we're like, "We're fine. They're not near us." But it did give us a bit of a scare. We're mm-hmm. like, "Well, you know, you never know what folk are like." So maybe they are. So we we were on edge the rest of the night. Of course, that is absolutely Um, awful. But those are very small things. I know of people that have had worse. So, I mean, as far as bad points go, there's not many, many apart from them. Sure. But there is a downside to being well-known and... Oh, yeah, and prepare to not have a life as well. It's like your friends are going out and doing stuff, but you can't because you get work in the morning or, you know you can't be seen doing X, Y, Z because people know who you are or right. you're pretty much a footballer as well because like you can get transferred and move to different stations that might want you or let go and yeah, just prepare to have a very different life than what normal people do. It's hard. And that's the commitment. Yeah, it's all about the commitment. Like I haven't really, how many places have I lived? Campbelltown, Glasgow, Ayr, um, Inverness, London. Like I've lived in five different areas. I'm sure people have been the same, but it's all just my job. Mm-hmm. Like if I didn't have this job, I'd be probably still in Camden or Glasgow. Right. But the job moves you about, and like let's take London for it right now. I'm not going to be there forever. Yeah. But I can't tell you that I'm not going to be in Glasgow or Edinburgh or Aberdeen or Dubai. I just don't know. Does that make you feel unsettled, Grace? Because you don't know. I mean, you're in your early thirties. You know, lots of people at your age might feel a little bit more settled now and know where their life is going. Other people are just completely living in the moment, month to month, week to week, and don't actually care. Does that make you feel a little bit nervous because you don't know maybe in six months' time where where are you going to live? Well, that's it. That's exactly it. Like, David's very much one of these settled people. Mm -hmm. All of his friends, apart from me, David, and Kez. Shout out, Kez. There's a single man waiting there, ladies, if you need them. (laughs) He has a great job. Um, But we're the only ones that aren't married in David's circle of friends. Right. So it's now got... And they're all having kids. And David, bless his heart, wants to have kids and wants to get married. Like, like, fair enough. Mm. I'm just a bit more... Right, well, I don't know when I'm going to be tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen with my life. I don't know if I'm going to be in Inverness forever. Unfortunately, 
Inverness is not exactly booming with media jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's very little. So I just know that my career isn't in Inverness. Mm-hmm. My career is Glasgow if I'm staying in Scotland or London if I'm going to be in England. So it makes me feel horrendously unsettled because at some point it's going to have to be work or family and it, I will pick family and I'll have to say goodbye to my career because you can't have both yeah. forever, yeah. that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And eventually radio does come to an end. It's not forever, it's not like you go on until your retiring age. I think back in the day you could have, but mm-hmm. now... Mm-mm. They're looking for that next Yep. There's always thing. somebody else out there that they've got their eye on. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you are very much looking over your shoulder a lot of the time. You're disposable. I mean, that is it. You mm-hmm. are. You like, Look at football players. As soon as they're out of the game, if they hurt themselves, so somebody else is straight back in their position. It's mm-hmm. like that. Like, And if you don't get as many goals, then you know you put you up to go to some other... T- team and then you have to move and yeah yes yeah, very much like that yeah and it's hard so this brings me on to the next question what are your life goals oh christ i don't know <laughs> i know um, <laughs> be, be happy is a good one of course because right? right now i am a lot happier than i was before good um i just cared so much about mfr and it was very obvious that some people at mfr didn't care as much as i did and i felt it very tough because I was like, I really want to do this and this and this. And That's the worst, isn't that. it? When yeah. you put so much into something, whether it's a relationship, a friendship, a work partnership, a project. And it, sometimes you do just take a second to step back and go, do you know what? I'm not getting half mm-hmm. out of what I'm putting in. So it, it gets to the point where you hit a brick wall. Mm. So I was, I was just... I was feeling like shite but now I don't so I mean the happiness goal seems a little bit more achievable Mm -hmm. than I ever thought it would be because I was just I'm never going to be happy my life goal is to be in a house with David doing a job that I love in the media and that's a tricky goal to have in Inverness (laughs) in Inverness exactly and it shouldn't be that way Mm. I remember when this all kicked off I went to see Drew Hendry and there was nothing he could do about it nothing the mm-hmm. only thing he could do was the fact that it is quite an important source for the community but of course MFR was going anywhere who's Drew Hendry just so, so that people listening know so Drew Hendry is an MP I'm sure he's MP for the SMP and he's my constituency area guy so he was the only person I could go to because I've got other friends but he's my area so I told him about what happened at MFR and there was nothing he could do uh, the only thing he could raise was the fact that you know we need more local programming for our local area for the people. Mm-hmm. It, but it didn't really dawn on him, I don't think, that, you know, this is going to drive me away from the area. I'm no longer part of his constituency. And it'll be the same for anyone else that wants to be in media. What else is there for him? But again, there was a lot on his agenda to be dealing with, yeah. you know. So I was very much bottom of the pile and fair play. But that's just the sorry thing I'd like. Could, sorry if you can hear that. I'm topping up. Topping up the mimosa. <laughs> The last time I did it, it was much quieter. I don't know why that was... <laughs> I think it's got to be a staple part of the podcast. I'm, get, like, I'm getting sloppy. Getting the halftime mimosas. is when you know you're halfway through the podcast. Absolutely. Um, but I would like to be in a house with a child, married with David, while still doing the radio or the telly, in an area that I like. I don't know what it is, but I just know it's not going to be Inverness, and that's kind of hard, because mm-hmm. he's so settled. So that's that's the life goal. So there could be difficult conversations to have and a bit of give or take, but that's yeah. what being part of a successful partnership is. Exactly. And I mean, here we are. We're doing it. We're in, yeah. we're in the midst of doing it right now. Yeah. So we just need to sit back and see what happens. The gods might 
bless me. Mm-hmm. But we'll have to wait and see. Well, I hope you I hope you can make that become reality. Mm. You'd asked me a couple of years ago, I'd say Radio One Breakfast. And yeah. I'd come down from that cloud base. <laughs> Get a fucking grip. There's nothing wrong with having, you know, a uh, Radio Two breakfast now, maybe. Well, I've got go. past the 30 now, so yeah. I'm not quite Radio One anymore. I'm a fan of Radio Two. I started listening to Radio Two after you left MFR. I, I, I did like listening to Radio 2 and I do like listening to Scott now because that's what I listened to in Radio 1 yeah. um, and the tunes are good they are, do you know what? we're of an age where you can appreciate it all you, you scare yourself because like, music these days just doesn't appeal to me anymore mm-hmm. just, like, oh, it's just bloody noise you want some good old stuff like, oh my god and you're only 31 uh, do you know what S Club's getting back together? <laughs> yes they are all oh, my rainbows will be like uh, my brownies are like who? <laughs> you have no idea how great these people are sounding yep. just like my mum but it's things like Ken Brace like he'd open up with St Elmo's Fire and then seamlessly link into Invisible Touch by Phil Collins mm-hmm. you're like this playlist is banging today exactly. and I'm like hold on how old am I? if I can give you any sort of of um, what to do next after this podcast is give yourself some time to listen to Australian and New Zealand radio. They do podcasts as well, or you can listen live online. You get swear. The things they come out with is really risky. Okay. You think to yourself, how do you get away with them? But that's just the way that Australian and New Zealand radio is. That's their regulation. Uh, and you'll see where we get all our inspiration from. <laughs> What's your mum's name? Wasn't it just an organic idea? Well, we nicked that from ZM in uh, New Zealand. So I know. Um, I know that definitely some swears have, um, have sneaked in today. So we might have to. Um, we might have to watch ourselves. But I'm not letting my kids listen to the. That's podcast. fine. That's fine. They saw me on Instagram, but not getting to listen to the podcast. Okay, um, someone asked, do you hate what is it, where is it, as much as the rest of us? I haven't heard it. Um, so uh, we had a wee joke that on Fix Radio I'd do a, a kind of, what is, what's it called, what is it, where is it? I was going to do where is it, what is it? Yeah, that's the, the question was, do you hate what is it, where is it, as much as the rest of us? I mean, I'm sure I would have done, yeah. Um, doesn't seem like it's going down well. Give us a little but, background, I don't know what it is. So as far as I'm aware, you hear a noise. And you have to guess what it is and what it is from the noise, but the noise can just be like, and you have to figure out that I'm in forest at Melissa's house touching the work surface. Like you have to figure that out. Wow. However, hasn't it worked? Like you're, we're, no talk, one can we're, get we're, it. we're talking about it right now. Well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, look at Sam Smith at the Brits. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a horrendous outfit, and we're all like, "What the fuck are you playing at, mate?" But we're all talking about yeah, it. Yeah, and so we're really, probably listening to music now, mm-hmm. but more because of it. I mean, it's probably not had the greatest. Um, uh, outcome because people are turning off and that's maybe not what you want mm. but um I, I suppose they just wanted a game and people are calling up like so you gotta ask yourself there's maybe some people out there that love it yeah but um, to answer your question yes i hate it <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it's great have you ever got one right I, i've never I, I don't listen oh okay you've never actually and i'll be honest with you it's not just because it's jody right okay, okay? I've never listened, ever, to MFR. Like, never. Okay. It's a bit of a busman's holiday. Like, I, I don't listen to much radio at all. I maybe kind of tune into Lakes of Heart uh, every now and again for, like, non-stop music that's quite good, but I'm bad at radio. I'm bad at listening to my own stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm afraid I've never really heard it. Um, I've heard people talking about it, mm-hmm. and I've seen a lot of slagging off, but it's it's weird how we're still talking about it, but you so it's, doing, it. it's doing something. It's, it's doing something, whether mm-hmm. you like it or not. Yeah, it's giving feels. Okay, um, what do you smell like? <laughs> not great half the time, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, I'm whapping on the spray because um, I couldn't take everything I got from Christmas home. Uh, so I could Home, that's awful. I can take everything I got from Christmas 
to London. From Inverness. From Inverness, yeah, because um, I just had a rucksack and I wasn't paying for a whole bag. So I came home last night and I have so much... Oh, you're smelly. Smellies. And I'm like, this is brilliant. But most of the time, I'm really strapped for cash at the minute. Um, so it's Charlie Red. <gasps> no, it's not. Um, We're not there. A ton of Charlie Red. Um, by the way, still expensive in London. We're talking like a pound twenty. Totally right. So it's, it's not even the perfume; it's the body spray. So it's just like wow. But if I'm having a wee a wee good day with the money, where it's Christmas, I'm I am a alien by Mulgar. So right now I've got my spellies from Christmas on. My mum wears that alien by Mugler. I love it. I'm just yeah, like, it's lovely. is that how you properly say it? Oh, for the love of God. Jerry Mugler, yeah. The folk of the duty free will be like, sorry, who? Mugler. That one. It's like <laughs> of, uh, Harry Potter. It's, it's lovely. Yeah. I, I do enjoy it. Although I'm, I'm very much down the, the, the fake knockoff ones at the minute. Yeah, but some of them are really good. They smell just like it. They just so. don't last as normal as, mm. as long sometimes. So yeah, that's what I smell of. Right now I'm good. You're good. If you were to meet me in London, I wouldn't come close. Yeah, especially if I've been to the gym. Well, I smell like um, salted caramel. Everyone knows I like to wear that number sixty-two. So um, I smell like salted caramel and probably sweat since I've spent most of my time working out. I don't look at you. You're so like fucking gold. You look brilliant when you're sweating, and we all hate you for it. I don't. I don't sweat. I glow. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I smell like that and probably determination. God, that's, well, that's like a, a really bad eighties advert, doesn't it? And I smell like desperation. Yeah. <laughs> It's cold in London at times, right? You see the tubes? They're hot. Yeah, they're oh, hot. Christ almighty, they're And hot. if there's going to be a smell of body odour, it's going to be on a tube. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, there was one poor wee guy that absolutely was humming, and it was a whole whole tube place he filled up. And I was wow. like, bless you. How do you not know? Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, most of the time I smell all right, I hope. My, um, my nana, she lived in Inverness. We used to go, she's a dance teacher, and we used to go on... Um, the train down to Ayr, down to Butlins for the disco dancing competitions. Oh, lovely. So there'd be like 30 of us, the whole dance school would pile onto the train to get down to Ayr and she'd pack sandwiches and stuff like that. But she used to absolutely mortify me because she would always have like a can of lavender scented Glade or Airwick spray, like room spray in her bag. Got be done. She would walk up and down the aisle of the train and spray this like she was trying to like evacuate any sort of smell of human beings you know like what a queen just that, that you know that smell of humanity and she, she used to walk up and down she did not give a fuck and um i was like my god nana you're so embarrassing she was like what well it just doesn't smell very nice <laughs> so um, she's sitting on that train for a good yes yeah, well, well there yeah so um yeah so that was my nana she was something else bless her heart yeah up and, down, up and down with the air the air freshener um okay uh, have you ever sent a text or a photo by accident? I sent a text or a photo by accident? Yeah, you know, like if you're like, think you're speaking to someone, but you're not. And oh, you send yeah, it by accident. yeah, but any, most of the time. Any bloopers? Uh, probably ruined a good few Christmas surprises or, oh. like, yeah, like maybe a, an accidental link that I'm supposed to send to my mum that's David's Christmas present and send it to David's. Um, oh, yeah, or friends. Like, was there, we used to have a group chat that was called. Uh, say it's called group chat no Shannon uh, group chat with Shannon oh. and we might be talking about Shannon's I, I've definitely wrote the wrong one wow you it's for like a birthday or something yeah like oh are we, are we doing this and I've had I just want to clarify that in case like you were actually like totally slagging your mate Shannon and then not including her in those groups give it time yeah <laughs> 
but no, I, I, I'm usually quite good at noticing that I fucked it, right? But, and I'll hold it and I'll delete it, and that quick delete, mm-hmm. that rapid delete. I'll tell you what I'm more prone to doing now, and that's um, balls up a voice note. Okay. I'll get really, especially when it's WhatsApp or Facebook's got unlimited time there, and I'll balls up, I'll say something wrong, so I have to start it again. Yeah. Or I'll send a After voice note. After you've spoken for like four minutes, mm-hmm. that hurts. I, I'm partial to a voice note I know. these days. <laughs> yeah, you're just lucky it's on Instagram and they're like kind of limited. Yeah. But I will, con- like, that's one thing. Is I've started using voice notes now that I don't know what the hell we're talking about because it's just all sound. And I have to try and find out where in the conversation something important has been. Okay. So I have to listen to the whole thing. Which is annoying because if it was just a text, you could just scroll yeah. and find the right bit of the text I'm and still reply. voice noting, yeah. despite that. But yeah, um, yeah send multiple texts wrong. Yeah. Uh, so I... So with the consequences. <laughs> That's a good question because... I don't know if I want to admit this. Do it! If there's ever so, a time. So it was one Sunday morning and I'd been out the night before. And um, I was in bed <laughs> I was, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this, but it actually, like, you know, just been like the, the your heart rate just drops out of your body. And um, I might have taken a selfie and might have posted it to my Instagram and Facebook stories no. by accident. And then swiftly realised on Instagram I posted it there. And then, but then, like, my heart rate is absolutely racing just now, just thinking about it. It was quite a few months ago. And then, because, you know, you do it on Instagram to get this, filters mm-hmm. oh yeah and then you download it yeah there you go yes. you save it and then yes. you go to send it but you're so used to like just hitting your story and of course my instagram account and my facebook account are connected because so of my both. business page so it went on both and i was like fuck so i literally like, got it straight off of instagram and then like <laughs> my heart rate is like increasing you're like rapid. meanwhile you know how quick your followers are and then like i was like shit it's still on facebook so i had to get into facebook and then like find the story delete it and to this day, don't know if anyone saw it. I've not done that. I'm glad it's I happened mean, it, to you. It's not. It's not X X rated, but it might be like V V rated. Yeah, risky. A little bit, <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> there was a filter on it. It looked good. I thought. Did you get I'll, more followers after that? that. Like, no, because it. You know, <laughs> fuck knows. Good on you, mate. I, I mean, and it was for my partner, so you know. That's okay to keep yeah. shit alive, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, that, but it's just that moment of sending it and the heart rate goes up and everything just absolutely drops out your bowels. Do you ever get that after a, a night out and you think, oh my God, what have, what I, have I posted? posted? Yeah, all the time. And you're like, I have to check everything. I'm on LinkedIn now. And I'm like, fuck, have I posted on LinkedIn as well? And LinkedIn's you different because it's like mm-hmm. profesh. It's not like Snapchat. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I had to step, step away from Snapchat. Like, oh, right. It was horrendously like, taken over my life okay like, would just, do you ever get you get notifications just constantly going off in your pocket mm-hmm. snapchat was like that so i had to veto it okay. so i've been clean off the snapchat for a good solid four or five years okay i you weaned yourself off had to detox mm-hmm. okay it's getting bad and why was that just because you like to use that and you had a lot of followers i don't know why but at one point it was the only way people would communicate with folk right and like my friend Chloe snapchat was big about five yeah, years ago messaging yeah. me on snapchat and it got to the point where i was just getting stressed with it yeah. So I had to get rid of that and then I really took a step back from Instagram. And I'm doing that right now as well. I'm not quite as prominent on Instagram because it's just, I'm like, oh my God, just go away. Like, I have to just go away from you for a while. So I've not been on Snapchat since, oh God, maybe 2017, I think. Okay. Yeah. I don't use Snapchat. I used to. I don't use Snapchat now. I'm just, Instagram is it's dangerous my as well. Too. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You used to get a lot of people back in the day would just like screenshot you. And you think, oh, nobody will see this, and then they screenshot it, and, and you, you get, get the notification. Oh, 
I wish Instagram would do that. Yeah, how clever would that be? Because Instagram, know if you're listening, you're missing a trick. I know that folk are screenshotting my stories and sharing them in group chat and having a nice wee discussion about it. Fucking love to know. You need to do like a wee wag with a Christy. Yeah, there we go. But who is watching? Yeah, exactly. But do you know what's funny? Like, do you know what's mad? Is that, I don't know if you get this, but the amount of folk that watch your stories, and obviously you can look at your viewers, you know they're not following you. Yeah, so, so, what, why so how are, are they, they at, finding you? Yeah, but not not just that. Like, you know that they're following you and they're taking an interest in what you're doing, but you're not following my page. Yeah, so what's the problem So then? why? Why are you doing that? Like, why don't you want to be seen following my page? Like, what What the hell? Sneaky Pete. There's been a few where I've been like, why Why are you not looking at my stuff? And then I realise I blocked them and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, I'm big I on, when did I do that? I, I'm big on blocking. I'm like, yeah, you don't need to see anything I'm doing. Block, snip, bye. Like, just, if they want to find their avenue, they'll find it. Yeah, I know. But you don't have to allow them in. Like, absolutely hit that block button or restrict or whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't need to. You can absolutely choose who to let in and who not. Because, you know, I, I know that you, you're you not doing so much on Instagram now, but you do share day-to-day mm-hmm. of what you're doing. It got it gets terrifying. People know exactly where you are. Yeah. there's. I think during lockdown, David was like, when we stopped posting photos of you at the house, because we were doing a lot of street quizzes with our like uh, neighbours, right. or we'd be outside in the sun, and he's like, yeah, people know where we live. Like, there's very, like, you can tell exactly from the photo, very obvious where we live. Right. So, yeah, there had to be a lot of blockages at one point. Yeah. No, I know, but you can. You can just say, you know, do you know what? You don't need to see that anymore. I'm going to block you and then mm-hmm. and that's it. Um, someone else did ask as well. I don't know if I wrote it down. Just just to give you a, a mental picture, I've literally got like 100 post-it notes in front of me when I've copied down the we'll questions. We'll do quick fire if needs to be. Yeah, quick fire um, because I know I can recognise the time. Um, so someone else had asked, how do you both feel about having such large Instagram followings and do you feel a responsibility for it? I do but I forget about it because mm-hmm. I, I realise how young some of the people that are on Instagram are now mm-hmm. um, it wasn't until one point I went and DJ'd at Inches Primary School just before leaving for um, London and they all started messaging me on their accounts oh my I just made a little funny video <laughs> didn't have any of the kids faces because I know how it works mm-hmm. and I just thought it was quite funny it was nice to kind of show that I was out doing school disco um, and all the kids started messaging me on their accounts Wow! and I'm like oh just okay. to say hi well, one of them was like, um, my name's so-and-so. And I was like, get yeah, a bed, it's half 11. And they're like, oh my gosh, you reply. It's like oh, amazing. God. And they, yeah, they just do say hi. Hi, it's so-and-so. And I'm like, what? And you know what? You probably made their day replying, mm. but time and a place. I like a bit of comedy. So every now and again, I'll make a little video every now and again. And I do swear. Like, mm. I, I do. And then I think to myself, hold on, there's kids. There's kids everywhere. But then I was like, is that my responsibility? Because, mm. like, but as a radio presenter, that was very much my responsibility, especially for the kind of show that I had. Yeah. So, like, I, I didn't need to tone it down quite a bit. But you just don't expect them to be on social media quite young. Mm-hmm. And we're talking, like, anywhere between the age of 8 and 12. And yeah. I'm like, I wouldn't have had that at such a young age. But these days it's different. Mm-hmm. I do feel a lot of responsibility. David gets a lot more of donations. People expect donations for charity. Right. And he feels like he should. And he does. Mm-hmm. But uh, he can only give so much. It's the same with me during COVID. A lot of people wanted me to do stuff for free. And they'd come to us or they'd ask us to put stuff on our social media. And it got to the point where I was just like, every day was another post. Mm-hmm. And people get fed up my content because it's just me pushing other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's really not working out for anyone because, yeah. you know, it's, people aren't reading it anymore. But yeah, I do feel a tremendous sense of responsibility. And I only have about 4,000 followers, but it's just the grand scheme of things. People know who you are. Yeah. And it's, it's terrifying. So 
you can't really go out at the weekend and get absolutely trolled. Mm. I've been drunk before, but you can't get absolutely trolled because somebody could be like, did you see Grace from MFR last night? Yeah. There was one time we were in a taxi and somebody went, you're that lassie from MFR, and that instantly sobered me up. Mm. David was like, you looked like you were about to absolutely poo your pants. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, it takes one person to go, she was hammered last night to come back to my boss. There was one time um, somebody had literally caught me at uh, the Gathering Festival I was a wee bit drunk, right? A wee bit drunk. And I got back to my boss and it didn't go down well. Right. So, yeah, huge responsibility on social media. When you start a job like that, because you are going to become a well-known public face, do they say to you, like, you know, you need to watch how you behave in public and you need to, you know, you can't, your life's not your own anymore? Because that's very oppressive, right? Like, who doesn't want to be able to go out and get... I think they just think you know that. Like, and it comes with the territory. Right. Like, you don't ever get a, a sit-down meeting. It's all quite covered in your contract bits and pieces but not quite as deep as that mm. i think maybe there needs to be a bit more of an understanding of that um i know in television you get quite a big like right listen it's like a pr spin yeah, isn't it like here we, here go. we go but in terms of radio no you don't ever uh, ever get like a sat down meeting going this is what your life's going to be now be prepared for it yeah it just happens. <laughs> right. It's like when uh, the people go into these reality shows and they're not really prepared for the exactly. instant um, recognition when they come out and what that will entail. And they now have to give you a psych, which is somebody that you can call upon at any point in time before, during and after for as long as you want. Mm-hmm. If you're on any type of even a game show, mm-hmm. it's just so that you are mentally all right. So... Yeah, there, there, there's not much help there, but maybe that'll be something that becomes more of a thing for sure. Yeah, I think for me, I mean, I the same as you, 4,000 followers, which to me doesn't, doesn't feel like a lot when you compare it to the other people that are on Instagram and people that I follow and look up to and respect. Um, but there's definitely, just as a human, I think mm-hmm. a responsibility to be careful what you put out there and, yeah, you know, anytime... Anything that you put out there is there forever. Yeah. And people need to remember that. You know, it only takes... Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, like me with that photo, like if anyone had seen it, I don't think they did, but because it was moved rapidly, but you know, that's... It's once it's out there, it's out there. All it takes is one person to screenshot it, put it in their group chat, and then that's boom, it. boom, boom, that's it. It's out there forever. And it's the same with any conversations or um, any derogatory comments, anything like that. As a human, you are under responsibility to be nice to other people and to be kind and people do forget sometimes mm. that you know if you're posting about be kind to other people are you being kind yourself by taking that screenshot mm-hmm. and then slagging someone off that you've seen on instagram in your group chat you know people need to remember yeah. that and then now's a really good time to go back in your history of anything that you posted tweeted mm-hmm. or uploaded to make sure that it is, is all okay because yeah. things have changed now mm-hmm. like, as much as i don't agree with a lot of it quite a lot of people are offended by things yeah if i was to look back at some of my older stuff that comes up in my day in history mm-hmm. i think to myself because how could you have possibly said that mm-hmm. but, and i just delete it and mm-hmm. it, it was purely innocent at the time mm-hmm. but uh, yeah go through all your social media whether you want to be in the media industry or not mm-hmm. and get it cleared up yeah so once it's out there it's out there forever mm-hmm. and all it takes even though you delete it all it takes is for one person to screenshot or to copy and to post um, but it's the same as like when this whole um, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard thing was going on, you know, people were posting about mega pints and you yeah. know, they, they were saying about how manipulative and coercive Amber Heard was. Some of the people that were posting that were the most manipulative, coercive exactly. girls ever. And, you know, it's just take us before you start jumping on a bandwagon, take a close look at 
the person that you are and the things that you do Mm -hmm. and your actions day to day before you then go and want to represent yourself as someone that is supporting exactly other you know other people and to be this be kind movement and everything you know I mean uh, at at this day that we recorded it's been like a week since the anniversary of Caroline Flack yeah and for ages we were all really nice everybody lovely lovely and then um, so many weeks later I went to Tenerife and I have, do you know what? I've totally forgot about this. This is answering one of the questions from before. That's probably the worst time that I've ever had uh, in the media industry, apart from being let go. It's when you were travelling over COVID. Everybody hated me. Yeah. I don't know how I forgot about this. Um, I, I, remember. Remember, I remember in the paper, mentally blocking it out of my mind, in the paper, people are, one of them used to be a judge on uh, the rock challenge for the schools. Really mm. nice woman. And I'd gotten really well with her, was then trolling me, saying that I was a horrendous human being and that I'd gone on holiday and I was an idiot and I was going to bring COVID back. Some people said they hoped that we got COVID and died. Wow. Yeah, it, and I totally forgot about that. But then these are the kind of people that will be like, oh, be kind, be kind. I was like, yeah, we met, we kind of forgot about that three weeks ago when Caroline Flack died. Yeah. But we were so nice then. And yeah. Then, no, people will not change. Flick of a switch. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. And it's not just that like people change, but they will post openly that encourage others to be kind. Exactly. Without taking a good look within themselves and having that reflective moment to say, do I live like that? Can I post this and share this? Because that's how I truly live my life. Mm-hmm. And people think that trolling is just, you know, um, stalking someone online mm-hmm. and giving derogatory comments. It is absolutely copying, sharing, screenshotting, sending it into a group yep. and then talking well, yeah, down about someone. Well, yeah, whether it's private or not, it's still the same thing. Of course it is. 100%. Of course it is. And it is. It's something that, um, you know, that just really grinds my gears. And this is why Instagram needs to get that feature in where you can get that notification that people have screenshotted. I'd bring it back was what I'd say. Absolutely. Like, I think we'd all change our tunes a little bit quicker than 100%. we thought. 100%. What's the funniest thing that's happened to you this week? Uh, I met a really good friend of mine at the train station before coming here and he told me all about his hospital appointment. Oh. Uh, I didn't expect to be told quite as graphic of information. Here we got an immediate laugh. Ah, we better see. that was uh, a funny moment. <laughs> I hope it goes well. Uh, Here we go. Godspeed. Uh, um, what is your worst date story? I've never been on a date. Never? No. Laps in the car is what we did back in the day. Laps in the car. So I used to be with uh, my ex, which is Fraser, and we were together for so long, to, uh, but we just used to jump in the car and go laps around the town. Um, I suppose me and David have gone on a few dates, but we've been a couple already. Right. So, I mean... But you can still do a date as an established couple. Yeah, uh, if that's the case, I do like going to the bookies and putting some money on horses and then sitting in the pub and then watching it come in. Okay. But that's that to you, that's a good date. Mm-hmm. What's your worst date? My, oh, uh, my worst date? Um, I had a guy fall asleep on me. Oh, I, th- I suppose it's any of the times where I'm being well up for it, right? And I've been like, right, one, and then I just KO and I wake up in the morning. Up for like, it as in, up for getting pissed? Up, no, up for getting um, my freak on in the bedroom. Up for a bit oh, of shagging, right? okay. And I'm all for it, and I'm like, right, let's go, let's go, let's go. And then I'm I wake, actually blushing. And then I wake up in the morning, and I'm like, hey, and he's like, hi. And, and then I, I fall asleep, and like, everything okay. leads up to that moment. We've left the pub early. We're going home because right. oh we're not staying out. We're going home for a shag. The, the moment uh, feels yeah. right. And then I fall asleep. And that's happened a few times. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, David. I apologise. So, yeah, when things lead up to a certain point and then I just fall asleep. Okay. Because I'm so bad on the booze. Yeah. I will just fall asleep. Me too. It's like for hypno. Or if I'm sick. 
that I hate being sick. Right. There's not, I mean, it's not happened for a very long time. Yeah. But there was one point where I was so ill from the alcohol that my mum and David had to wash me in the shower naked. <laughs> I'm sure they got on really well that day. That is, that's one way to bring them closer Try together. Try responsibly, everybody. Yeah, definitely. Don't mix your drinks, no shots. Well, as I, as I say... The, my worst date story is I'd just come out of a long-term relationship and I was working in Edinburgh and met a guy in a bar and he's like, I'd really love to take you out. I mean, I was wearing a Hooters t-shirt, for God's sake. That's what I just you, thought was cool. Yeah. So, um, you rocked it. So I bet he wasn't there for my personality. But anyway, um, took me out for dinner the next night and we're sitting at this really nice bar and he just fell asleep. Like it was in the, bar. in the bar, on the bar, his head in his hand at like eight o'clock at night and he just fell asleep. Oh, and no, then I wasn't even late. I was like, are you okay? And he was like, yeah, I've just had, I've just had a really early start today. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go. And then, and then he tried to phone me the next day and a couple of days later. And I was just like, yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> and that's oh, like pretty God. much literally one of like the only date dates with a kind of random. You must that have been a on you. A, a hoot and a Hooters t and a Hooters t shirt. There we go. I love it. Yeah. So um, yeah. Have you ever slept on? Yeah, literally. And I was like, am I that boring? Like, no, but um, I, I was a Hooters t shirt on. I would assume no. Well, I didn't wear it that night, so oh. maybe not. Okay, you're a WWF wrestler. What is your name and what's your intro tune? Oh, uh, G Dog. Um, G Dog. Yeah, yeah, G Dog. Um, I get that sometimes. I have a lot of split personalities, me. And um, my wee kind of woman likes the darts. Well, so I could coop and is like get called G Dog sometimes. Okay. And um, the darts tune, which is called Chase the Sun by Planet Funk, and it's like, do, 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 do. that would be my Yeah, I know that music. one. That's a good one. Weirdly, this is a question I feel like I was prepared for. It. Like, well, I feel like I had the answer there. I slid that into your DMs this yeah. week <laughs> because I was like, wait till you see some of the questions that have come through. What do you smell like? And you're a WWF wrestler. What's your name and intro tune? Is one of the ones I give you the heads up about. It's an easy thing to pick. There you like go. That. Ask me what my life goals are. Hmm. Well, I, WWF wrestler. I've been affectionately called Tits McGee before, so I feel it's Wrong only way. feel it's only right that I would use that. And then my intro tune would be something I think like um, like Sean Paul Temperature. I just love that. Oh, song. nice. Yeah. It, it nice. reminds me of when I went to the darts and we were going to dress up as wrestlers and you got involved with the radio conversation. Yes. I ended up wanting to dress up as like. Oh, I told you Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and there was like so many different opportunities that came in. Folk were like, "Why don't you be this one? He only wears a dressing gown." I was like, "Oh, that's easy." Yeah. Yeah. So you got involved with that. Yeah, and I actually sent you transfers that you could have printed off your computer and ironed onto a t-shirt and then like a handlebar moustache and the bandana I should have that I, would, been, I, I might still do that would be amazing okay how to get my confidence back after having a baby I wore I don't like how I look at the moment and me and my partner feel like roommates please help oh, how are you on yeah. confidence confidence is a hard one until you start feeling better about yourself then the confidence is going to be lacking no matter what mm. um i would imagine maybe maybe feeling a bit rubbish about the way that you look is how this person's feeling and i've been there but annoyingly i'll take a good week or so to eat properly and exercise and i instantly feel like confident right but i have to really be like on it i can't like can't have like three days off of it and then you know, back on. I have to like really stick to it. Have my wee luxuries every now and again, but like I have to feel. In order to feel good, I need to treat myself good. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So I have eaten junk food. I maybe stay away from the alcohol for a wee bit. 
get into an exercise class that I like that's a hard one because mm. I used to just spin a lot of the time and I hated it and I just loathed going and it really made me not want to exercise but now I've got like music to listen to for walks and I go to club size and stuff like that and just mm. having a bit of fun whilst looking after your body I think you're better at answering this one than me but it's good to get an all-round I feel better a, three, a 360 degree yeah. kind of input on it though isn't it from different people I only feel confident when I like when I know that I look good in my head so I really need to like put a bit of work in is that something you've had to really work hard on with oh. suffering from an eating disorder yeah. and, and not only that the pressure of working in the public domain as well where you uh, have to show up for yourself and be in other people's pictures without uh, a filter without saying no I don't like that you know yeah, you like, have that's to just run with it that is hard uh, yeah I, I hate getting my picture taken I just think I look fat and everything but like today I, I feel good about myself let me tell you she looks cute as fuck today oh she's fat got, I'm in my winter wear she's got her skirt <laughs> and her and her polo neck on and her hair band like, lovely but like I do feel good. I haven't had alcohol for an awful long time, and qu- I've had. Don't get me wrong. I've had a wine here and there, mm. but I haven't been in a full-on bender. Let's like say going out on a Saturday night and then a Sunday shift. I've not had that for months and months and months. Right. I do think that my like kind of uh, withdrawal from the booze has really helped mentally mm-hmm. and physically because I have lost a little bit of weight, not a lot, but I, and I feel less bloated. I feel less lethargic. Yeah. Like my eating's not brilliant because I'm eating for the, the cheap life. So I'm a lot of mug shots, a lot of um, Belvita bars. But um, I, I do feel a lot better. And that's just mainly from stepping away from the booze as much. Listen, no one that has ever given up alcohol for any length of time yeah. has regretted it. Exactly. I mean, I'm never going to do dry January. I didn't kid myself on yeah. But I definitely haven't had as much as what I would usually do. Yeah. And I was a bit of an eye opener. I feel so much better sleeping better as yeah. well. Yeah. Which is part of my main thing about how I feel about myself is I need to make sure I've got enough sleep because otherwise I'll always be sad yeah yeah I I don't know I find it easier to cry when I'm like really tired Mm -hmm. so if I look at myself in the mirror and I've had enough sleep I'll be like oh right well we'll we'll get back on that tomorrow Mm -hmm. we'll be fine whereas if I'm knackered I'll cry and be like I'm an awful looking person and I feel like shit I hate that you've felt like that I I have felt like that but it's how I deal with it now I'm a lot more healthier you feel like you've got the tools and you're better equipped to deal with it now I mean I suppose I have never had a baby so I don't know how it feels after that but I can imagine your body's been through an awful lot it might be hard to kind of get that to quickly go away but I think that's one thing I remember is it won't, it's not going to go away quickly no I mean you t- it takes nine months to grow a baby so and remember you just never pushed gonna, a person out yourself there we go <laughs> so never just going to snap back instantly mm-hmm. and quite often your body will never look the same again mm-hmm. so this can be very very difficult mentally to get your head around because you are possibly grieving your old life where you weren't up every two hours through the night your nipples weren't hanging off from breastfeeding <laughs> you didn't have piles You're selling it there we go you didn't have piles from pushing out a 10 pound baby and you actually were able to function day to day without tiredness you Mm -hmm. know you put yourself through so much after having a baby that you really need to show yourself a little bit of kindness um and also you need to remember like you said that your partner and you feel like roommates but your partner adores you but yeah I get that a lot with David I'm like I feel like crap therefore I don't want to even be touched yeah but um at the end of the day they're with you for a reason and the day they met you to right now is why they love you so don't feel it's really hard because I do feel like this person a lot but you just have to remember like why they're there in the first place it's because they love you and how do you feel about that person yeah David feels the same way I do he thinks he looks rubbish at times Mm -hmm. but it doesn't stop yeah guys go through this as well that's an important point and I have to remember how I feel about him I don't think he's put on anyway at all I don't think he looks rubbish Mm. it's how he feels about me 
and that's a really hard thing to get your head around but once you are you'd be fine right like it takes a long time to mentally get your head sorted for sure I just think um for me it would be things like doing little things for yourself you know if you're like just grabbing old any underwear and putting that on and not shaving your legs and not I mean it's hard I know it's hard and I don't I you know I absolutely will not dispute the fact that it's hard and it's difficult to find time just to you know shower in the morning never let alone shave your legs and paint your toenails but doing these little things for yourself when you have a second absolutely can change how you feel about Mm -hmm. yourself because you're showing yourself that respect to look after yourself and that's before you even think about exercising dieting eating you know nutritious meals because having life with a baby is fucking tough oh i um so it's just all about you know it's little things and if you're feeling like roommates have the conversation say to your partner like I really don't feel great about myself at the moment and then let them reassure you and they'll say I love you whatever you look like I love you regardless of how you feel about yourself my view of you has not changed in fact I feel like I love you even more now that I've seen you birth and delivered our baby and it's like a a love that you that you don't know you see your partner totally different once you've had children um so I would say just start looking at little ways that you can make yourself feel that little bit better be honest with your partner and how you're feeling because they might be feeling the same and having that communication is so so important and then from there on you can look at little ways of being more intimate and that doesn't mean to say p and v exactly it can be things like holding hands it can be things like you know then rubbing your shoulders after a hard day it can be things like let me run you a bath you know there's other ways of showing intimacy that doesn't mean doesn't necessarily have to all be about sex let it lead to that though if you want it to um but don't feel under that pressure and just keep those lines of communication with your partner open remember you you pushed a person out there we go you so pushed, i mean you pushed a person remember that that takes a lot your <laughs> vagina might look like a war zone as well like you might not recognize yourself this is what mums go through like we have to be realistic mm-hmm. about this um, and this annoys me when you see people on Instagram, like, you know, just popping back into shape, like Molly Mae just had her baby with... Oh, don't. And then she was on her fucking, um, not the cross trainer, what is it, the stepper, the stairwalker, yeah. um, three and a half weeks after having that baby. Now, she said, I've spoken to my um, midwife and I've spoken to my GPs, but any young mum that's just had a baby looking at her is going to say, I feel immense pressure now because yeah, she's done she's it, it, that I need to do she's it. She's got the money to go and pay people to look after her kids. She's got the yeah. money to pay for that gym she has a lot of things that we all don't yeah yeah so don't feel like that should be you yeah never put yourself under that pressure it takes a long time to recover and your body can take up to a year to recover properly depending on what kind of birth you had as well so give yourself a little break ladies um okay what's your biggest ick oh god what's my biggest ick um i don't like people that say dot com or old people but it's not quite an ick. Okay. So first of all, dot com, like, my mum does it. Oh, like, I'm tired, dot, dot com. com. Oh. Get out of my face. Okay. The other thing is, and it's not quite an ick, but I just don't like um, old people that think they can get on the bus first just because they've got a pass. Right. It's not quite an ick, but it really does grind the gears a wee bit. Okay, that's all right. Um, I'll give you that. It's like room 101. I'll give you that. Um, David says A a lot. Or ha. H-U-H. Ha. Okay. Like, ha? Like, we're not in America. Stop saying ha. Is he watching, he, watching too much YouTube like my kids? He'll type it out, <laughs> ha. And I'm oh, like, who, right. who would never say that, though? Okay. So please stop saying that. Um, that's that, though. I, I don't have very many X. Those, those my, annoy me. My ick is dirty fingernails on a boy. 
Aye, and then they go bite them, and you're like, where's that going? I do not understand. Like, if I can see that, and I'm two metres away from you, you see your hands in front of yeah. you every single day. Well, just take two not... seconds with nail brush. Yeah, cut your nails. Or ones that bite them right down to the core. How do you not see that? <sighs> yeah. Yes. I've never really explored my ex. I feel like go. I've got more of them, to be fair. Therapy. Mm. The, the, the deeper we delve, the more you'll come up with. Okay, um, someone has said, um, tips for starting in the gym. I've got dome fear. Can anything help me with exercise? So you know what it was like when you first started coming to PT? Yeah. Those first couple of sessions, you felt like you were walk- walking like you chat yourself for a couple of days. Oh, God, it hurts, aye. But you get stronger every single day. And I, like, set myself... Um, the challenges because it felt like, I, like today I am going to beat myself yeah yeah um I hate to refer back to it but I took a big period of time where I didn't go back to the gym uh, after MFR because I felt everybody was looking at me funny mm. and it was really hard to get myself back into the gym mm-hmm. but um there are see if you speak to the gym people wherever you go there are there are quiet times that you can go to and you can just ask them when they are. Mm-hmm. Or the beauty of your thing is like you can do it from the comfort of your own home. Mm. So if you want to get, get a little bit more comfortable in doing it, do it in your living room and so on and so forth. Um, I, I don't know what it is about gyms that I love, but I think it, if I have a good playlist, no matter what I'm doing exercise-wise, as long as I've got the music to motivate me, I'll be okay. Darren Styles on that playlist? No, of course he is. Oh, yeah. You hate him. <laughs> I'd be like, right, when we came into PT, what are we listening to today, Grace? She's like, well, I'll stick on some Darren Styles. Like, no, my ears are going to freaking bleed. I would go faster and push harder oh, if I had the tunes pushing me on. Turn it up, my poor neighbours. But I like to set like challenges as well, like, uh, like maybe not to lose weight, but maybe just be like, right, by the end of summer, I'm going to be able to lift X, Y, and Z. Performance challenges, yeah. And yeah. it gives me a bit of things to like motivate me for. I really got into like strong women competitions from that. We're doing amazing and, in yeah. the gym. And then I just, obviously everything that happened kind of took its toll. But I think having good motivation and good people around you, mm-hmm. like I think it says a lot about PT, not just because you're sat in front of me, but if you have somebody that you can, you know, call upon at any time, like I used to message you at silly times. And Support, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, always there. If you've got the right network of people around you, you'll be absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. I think that's... I think this person was more asking that they were scared that they were going to feel sore, like the soreness of oh, DOMS. Oh, yeah, you'll feel sore. Yeah. Good luck with that. So DOMS, for anyone that doesn't know, is delayed onset muscle soreness that happens um, quite often. It says it's delayed. Um, not you know quite often not the day after exercise but it can be two days afterwards and it's where mm. everything just feels mega tight um your range of motion is limited so sitting down on the toilet standing up all these little things and it can feel really sore so i would say if you're just getting back into it do body weight exercises to start off with mm. um and see how that feels lift mega light go like just just don't do half the reps that are dictated on your workout just to get your muscles and your joints move used to that movement and with anything if you're going to lift heavy so this is when you get a little bit further down the line if you're going to do something like a squat or a deadlift then your warm-up should be that same movement with weight so if you know that you can normally lift about 60 kilos lift 20 kilos lift 30 kilos and do a set of 10 of that as your warm-up and then get into your working sets and just allow your body to warm up through the same movement that you're going to be asking it to do as the main component of your exercise but in terms of anything that you can do beforehand um, just make sure that your muscles are warm so a decent warm-up um, something like if you're going to be doing a lot of like I, I've got a rowing in the gym and a ski erg and this is the two bits of kit that I recommend my clients use because it's full body warming up upper body lower body 
um, getting the heart rate up, getting the, the, the head mentally ready to get into exercise as well is a huge part of it because it's not just physical, it's getting your head ready and prepared to exercise. Loosening off the joints, you know, we have synovial fluid in our joints that's a bit tacky, it's like chewing gum. And the warmer your body is, the more viscous this becomes. So it allows greater movement through the joints. So just things like a really decent warm up, doing the same movement pattern that you're going to be doing within the in the workout, um, it's going to really help prepare your body and stay hydrated and don't push yourself for the first few workouts get a foam roller get a foam roller change your life right last couple of questions um i asked for people to share their um proposal stories and this one came through it said when my husband proposed to me we had both just peed in bushes Aww. he he's romantic mm. he ran off while i pulled my pants up um i caught up with him pee was running down my leg and then he proposed I mean, we've all peed in the bush. All of us. Yep. But if pee is actually physically running down your leg, then you've not shaken for long enough. Yeah, let the air get in amongst that. Let that let that be a lesson. Pee should not be running down your leg. You need to shake that off before you pull your pants up and run again. The one thing I'd say about that is I would much prefer to be proposed to that way than stereotypical in front of everyone at a restaurant. Right. I remember Nadine Coyle saying... Does that give you the ick? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's the list. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I remember saying... Uh, it was Nadine, Nadine Coyle from Girls Aloud was like... No. Um, I was um, I proposed to you on the toilet. Proposed to me on the toilet when I'm least expecting it. Okay. Don't, so you want an element of surprise Yeah. Then? I would hate to be proposed to on my anniversary in a restaurant where it's all very much up, like you're, you're waiting for it. Yeah after peeing in bushes yeah that's what you want it's okay. a story like yeah you can tell people that and you go what something to tell the kids exactly so that, to me that's up there one of the best okay so I, we go. I very much applaud that good on that guy and that was well timed if you both were peeing and then you how do you recreate him. it though that's the thing it's yeah. like do you remember what we do what we did when we got him when we got him proposed to well we'll, we'll just pee in the bush just go pee in the bush remember you can get lifted for that now for old times so, yeah <laughs> just be careful <laughs> Okay, um, I got asked, what's the typical weekend with Melissa Brailsford like with no kids and an empty hotel room? A lot of Craig David. <laughs> um, not the guy. The the sh- I, I, <laughs> I still tell people you should have a shot pineapple with a tequila. It's called yeah, a Craig David. It's so much better than the lemon and salt, I'm afraid. Well, you had a... Did you just not all... You and your friends just go and lay in a hotel room and have a chill one one time? Yeah, so me and the girls, me and um, Diane and Claire, quite often go and stay in the village in Aberdeen because they've got a gym, a swim pool, a sauna. So we'll leave first thing, we'll go and do a workout and then we'll go and... Um, like have a swim in a sauna, then we'll go out to the bar, have a bottle of fizz, have some lunch, then we'll go back to the room, have some more drinks, get changed, and then we'll go downstairs and have dinner. And we just stay there the whole the whole night. And it is honestly the best thing to do with Loving your girlfriend. Like. It is. It's amazing. And we had such a laugh. Um, and it's everything's under one roof, so you don't have to worry about tottering about the town in heels. See, that's a good thing. That is. You've got to when you get to a certain age, you plan your footwear around what you're doing. <laughs> Um, yeah you do though it's these things that you think having good footwear can make or break your mm-hmm. night if you've got sore feet or not if you don't have to wear any at all even better there you go so yeah I highly recommend just booking at somewhere like that that's got a gym because then you've got stuff to do all day you've got, you can swim and then you know go and have some lunch sit and chill go back up to the room get ready and then back downstairs for drinks and stuff and we've, we had an absolute ball so for me, if I've got like a weekend to myself in a hotel room or not, I'm sleeping. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> I'm spending that time. You realise how valuable sleep is. Spending that time in my bed, watching Netflix, some good food and um, 
yeah, that's what I'm doing. I always think to myself, oh, I should really have like a night out where I get dressed up and I go out. And then I think to myself, nah. I like my pyjamas. I'll just sit and sit in the sofa and watch telly. I like putting my jogger bottoms on and just um, or just chilling. We're more of like days out kind of lassies. Oh, yes, we are. We could go out in the afternoon and come drink home at a reasonable hour. Yeah, maybe. At a push. Okay, last question. Um, how old were you when you had your first kiss? Like proper tonguesy or like kissy kiss kiss. Yeah, I would say like snog. Like, well, we called that a snog. Um, who was my first kiss? I can tell you who I first shagged, but first kiss. Um, oh, that's awful. Um, I think it can't was, have been that impressive if you don't remember. Uh, exactly. It was one or the other. It was either a guy called Kerr Gawkin or a guy called Stephen McKenzie. I think it was Stephen McKenzie. Like a snog snog. Yeah, proper snog. And I think Kara might have been slowly after. How old were you? 14. Where was it? 14. Up close. All right. And that's not me, like, exaggerating. Close Victoria Hall. Or you used to go winch folk up St. Kedon's Primary School. Winch. That's a southern thing. Yeah, so you used to go snog lads up at this school because there was no CCTV cameras. I mean, if you got anything more than that, then fair play. But oh. I, I wasn't. I was a very heavy young lassie. Okay. So I think my heaviest was when I was 16. I was 16 stone. And uh, uh, the boys weren't exactly, like, queuing up for me, let's say. So I didn't... Yeah, I remember 14 years old having my first snog. And then... Um, they look at you now, though. Oh, uh, I know. There was, you know, it's, you it's funny. absolutely come into your own. I had a boyfriend called Rudy. He was very... Oh, he's an arsehole, let's just put it that way. Um, and he went to the Merchant Navy and I remember he, he broke up with me on Valentine's Day and said that what? he didn't need to buy me chocolates because I'd had enough. And um, I told my friend Kirsty, I'm, I'm, I'm dumping him. I'm dumping him. It's done, it's done, it's done. I heard him. That is awful. 16 or so. That is yeah. awful behaviour. And then I lost loads and loads and loads of weight. Um, not probably in the best way, but I lost it nonetheless. And he asked me out again in the pub. And I was I got. I, do you know what? It was the sweetest, most amazing thing that could ever happen. And I just absolutely annihilated the boy. Good. I was like, do you know what you said to me in front of and he'd forgot mm. it's mental how much you remember things and they forget. forget oh my god people have no idea mm. how much their words can cut deep so I was like you told you see this and how I've lost weight that's your fault and it's been a rocky road and it's because you said this and so do you think I'm going to go out with you I think it was better prepared in my head it just came out as a bit of a slag on off on Rudy um, but he's now married with a child so so um, you got your I also think to myself what was yeah. I what was I doing with him Ugh. yeah like um, the Monica Chandler story isn't it from mm-hmm. Friends because he used yes. to come back from college with Ross and she was um, you know a, a little bit bigger and then he came back and, sh- and he'd, she'd overheard him saying a horrible thing about her and, and I think she chopped off his toe and then, oh, that's right took it to the hospital with the, and it was carrot or yeah, something and then, um, and then she got her own back and he came back from college and she was popping and she was like no thanks Rudy it was nice but yeah. it wasn't forever mate yeah Right. Wow, that's what been good. How long have we we've talked for an hour and forty five? Good luck, Ryan. Yeah, putting um, that down so into a de- into a decent time. Chop me all up. We've got to you need. a bottle of fizz, carton of orange juice. And um, that's been an absolute joy, Grace. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And I'm, I'm, I'm really chuffed to be your first guest. Oh, so I'm delighted that you're my first guest. Let's look forward to many amazing other guests in the future. And as then well. we'll get you back on. And a, a successful podcast. Oh, chin chin to that. Thank you so much. <laughs> 
Um, so Grace, is there anyone, where can people find you if people want to know a little bit more about you? I mean, you've got done a podcast oh. about your um, eating disorder, which so you're that's, very brave about. So if that's of interest to anyone, where can they find that? So that's uh, my friend Meg, who you might remember from being on Late Nights on MFR. Meg McHugh, who's on Capital Dance now. So her podcast called McHugh Corner. Um, if you want it, feel free to drop me a message on Instagram if you can't find it. I am at We Tune Girl. And you'll find everything that you need from me there, as well as the podcast I have with Dan. Um, but what I will say is keep your ears and your eyes peeled for 2023. You're going to be on the telly box. I'm already on the telly box. Even more so, though. Well, I don't know about that. But what I just say is um, 2023 is uh, going to be a very interesting year. Mic drop. And we'll finish up there. Thank you so much, Grace. It's been a pleasure. And I'm going to switch this off and we can continue to spill the tea and open the second bottle of fizz. Sounds good to me. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Take care.